Welcome to the Risk and Repeat podcast, episode number 138. I'm Rob Wright, Security News Director, and I am here with my site editor, Peter Lotion. Peter, welcome. Hi, Rob. How are you doing today? Great. It is Monday, January 21st. It is a frigid Monday. Normally, we're in here on Friday, but we pushed it to Monday. Uh, uh, hopefully, the confines of our cozy little podcast studio, Chernobyl, will keep us warm today. Uh, but we have a we have a hot topic to, to discuss. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's like Groundhog Day. We keep discussing this and other sort of uh, election-related news again and again and again. But uh, as long as it keeps happening, I guess we got to keep discussing it. Peter, there's, there are new updates in the uh, Democratic National Committee cyber attack hack uh, that I think we should discuss. Uh, it's not explosive. It's not super crazy, uh, oh, my God level, but it, it's noteworthy. So I'll just take you through this real quick, if that's good by you. Sure. So new court documents were filed by the DNC in its lawsuit against, you remember the lawsuit, it's against like everybody, the Russian Federation, suspected Russian agents, WikiLeaks, Trump, Trump campaign officials. Uh, They added some new uh, documents to it that claim that uh, suspected Russian hackers or Russian agents tried to hack the DNC again prior to the midterms. And that uh, other hacking attempts were made against three Democratic uh, candidates for office. Surprised? No. Not at all. So uh, now here's where it gets kind of interesting. So the lawsuit documents say that three candidates were targeted, but they only mention in the documents uh, in the court filing only only mention one. uh, Senator Claire McCaskill of Missouri uh, does not name the other two. And sort of the support for that claim is a couple of articles, one from the Daily Beast and the Washington Post. They, those reports, I, I will say, have been frequently cited. But that's sort of it. That's that's sort of old news, I guess. Uh, there's not anything, they're not sourcing any sort of new information there. But so here's where the, the real interesting part of this uh, comes in. So there's a section called... Uh, uh, Section D, a source consistent with Cozy Bear attempts to hack the DNC's computer system. And that's the title. Uh, and it says, uh, and I'll quote, On November 14, 2018, dozens of DNC email addresses were targeted in a spear phishing campaign, although there is no evidence that the attack was successful. The content of these emails and their timestamps were consistent with a spear phishing campaign that leading cybersecurity experts have tied to Cozy Bear, in parentheses, APT29. Therefore, it is probable that Cozy Bear, again, attempted to unlawfully infiltrate DNC computers in November of 2018, which is like right before, you know, right around the time of the uh, election day for the midterms. Peter, are you surprised that the suspected Cozy Bear hackers, APT29, are back at it? No, I am not. <laughs> Neither am I. <laughs> um, a technical uh, a technical question for you, though. So this email, or sorry, this document says the content of these emails and their timestamps. What do you, I, I mean, I guess, are like the timestamps, are they referring, do you think they're referring to, we don't know, they haven't commented on this. 
But do you think they were referring to just the time of day that they were sent? Like maybe they were sent uh, sort of Eastern European time and that sort of tipped them off? I, I'm, not, I'm not really sure what timestamps have anything, you know, how, how they factor into this. Well, there – see, now, now we have to go back to – my days of, of looking at actual packets, which is a long time ago. Mm. Um, my recollection is that when when emails move through the system from one server to another, they get tagged by each server, indicating right. you know who 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 was the, where did where did the server get the mail from? Where is it sending it to? Sure. Um, when did that happen? That kind of thing. So. Um, Presumably, the intent is to say that oh, these timestamps and uh, and maybe the the intermediary servers indicate are consistent with with uh, with mail traffic that's come from the same threat actor. Right. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. That's how you kind of triangulate in on a a specific threat actor or a. Yeah. Right, or they were somehow falsified and and manipulated, and that's the thing that indicates that they are in fact uh, associated or or linked or or somehow uh, possible, you know, more likely to have uh, uh, originated from that threat actor rather than some other threat actor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the timestamp thing stood out to me, and then there was the the, the content of the emails. So I'm not, you know, it doesn't say that the content of the emails was the same, and we don't know, like, what they mean by the content of the emails. It could be the files that are in the email, or the links, or, you know, maybe not the actual look and feel of the email. Oh yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of it, there could be the associated uh, the attached files. Yep. If there are attached files, right, it could be uh, the nature of the links in the body of the the message. Um, there, that that opens it up to a lot more possibilities because you've got malicious links that might be incorporated into an email, um, HTML markup that's incorporated into a into a rich task, rich, a richly formatted piece of email that you just that does use HTML to mark it up. Right. Um, so so yeah, those those are the things that would make me as a not as a cybersecurity professional, but as a as a, a an informed non-professional, think that that is what's going on because because yeah, if there's a if there are malicious links in there and they connect to a particular uh, well-known network or site or or uh, destination, then that w- that would be a lot of information that that can be correlated with other other attacks. Yeah, and. I mean, when I first read that, I said, man, uh, these nation state hackers, uh, if they are indeed, uh, they, they're they not bringing their A game on this one. Because if they're relying on sort of old tricks that they are pretty sure have already been flagged, like whether it's the content of the email, whether it's the files, whether it's the link, whatever, that seems kind of... Um, like, like, they're not uh, putting their best foot forward. I almost said something else with a uh, uh, um, colorful metaf- metaphor, but I, I stopped myself. Um, okay. I, yeah. 
<laughs> no, um, but but it, it it seems like a, a a poor attempt. Like if you were really intent on getting in there, like why recycle? It just whatever that 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 seemed a little strange to me, and and clearly it, it caught the attention of someone, whether it was the cybersecurity professionals working for the DNC, third party contractor, whoever. Um, so well, one of the, one of the uh, things that I keep going back to in my mind when we talk about some of these attacks from uh, nation-state actors, uh, in particular Russia and China, if I remember correctly, somebody, uh, someone from the research community once explained to me that the, I want to say that the Chinese pe uh, groups are, are more uh, organized and more directly connected with the government, whereas mm -hmm. in Russia a lot of the actors, threat actors are um, in order to give the, the Russian government cover more, yeah, more cover, more de uh, uh, plausible deniability, or at least an attempt to give them plausible deniability, is that there there's a lot of people who are who are just doing their business, which is hacking, and yeah. they'll hack, you know, for maliciously uh, for themselves for their own accounts, but when they do some of these other government type hacks they're being you know they're maybe taking direction yeah they're guns for hire yeah exactly yeah. and or gold miners prospectors people mm. that are going out and looking to dig gold in whatever way they can some people use uh, have big mines where they have a, a, an organization and an enterprise uh, around it where they are able to do a lot of sophisticated things some of them, some people are probably working the the, uh, uh, the mother load of, of of cyber in a more ad hoc way. They're doing, you know, they're doing whatever they can. But you've got a whole population of uh, a very um, disparate and very uh, non homogenous population of people that are working the problem, which is to give information and systems, turn them over to the to the uh, the state. Yep. Uh, again, you know, we're we're kind of. I mean, I don't know that this is happening. I'm just assuming that this is kind of the way it works, based on what we know right. from what we report. But um, the idea being that there are a lot of people working the problem from a lot of different angles, and some of them are very sophisticated. Yeah. Some less so. And and maybe the people that launched this particular campaign in the midterms had a very low opinion of. <laughs> <laughs> the DNCs. Like if it worked <laughs> once, uh, maybe it'll work again. Um, well, but but we've seen that these things that keep coming back. Oh, for sure. And and so it's not. Um, so at the same time that I say, oh, maybe it's an unsophisticated group that's doing these sort of low-level attacks, yeah. but maybe it's the sophisticated group that's trying to, you know, just take a lot, cover all the bases. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I should note that. So there was, there were a couple of uh, vendors, I believe, but one in particular, FireEye, that wrote about APT29 uh, activity, Cozy Bear activity, around the time of the election. And FireEye noted that uh, this particular spearfishing campaign uh, had targeted over 20 uh, FireEye customers in defense, law enforcement, government, um, military, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so one thing that they said that really caught my eye in that report back in November was they said the attacker, and I'll quote from the report, 
The attacker appears to have compromised the email server of a hospital and the corporate website of a consulting company in order to use their infrastructure to send phishing emails. Uh, the phishing emails were made to look like secure communication from a public affairs official at the U.S. State Department hosted on a page made to look like another Department of State public affairs, affairs official's personal drive and used a legitimate Department of State form as a decoy. Now that, that sounds like tradecraft. That sounds like, man, these guys went the extra mile. Um you know, piggybacking someone else's email server uh, and then sort of, you know, doing their homework on how to really spearfish someone with, you know, sort of convincing uh, materials and, and, and everything. Um, that sounds more like, uh, you know, what I, what, what I would sort of assume would be uh, um, a, a, a professional level sort of attempt in, in this case. And here's the, the real interesting part of the FireEye report, Peter. Uh, in the same section, I'll quote this, uh, this last part. Quote, several elements from this campaign, including the resources invested into the, in the phishing email and the network infrastructure, the metadata from the weaponized shortcut file payload, and the specific victim individuals and organiza organizations targeted, are directly linked to the last observed uh, APT29 phishing campaign from November 2016. So there you go. Um, that's how they sort of connect it. And, uh, but that's not the same. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Peter. What, they, what, they, what FireEye says there is not the same as what is outlined in the document in terms of, you know, the uh, DNC lawyers saying that the, the you know, timestamps and uh, content of the emails. Um, I mean, maybe th those emails in prior attempts were from the State Department, but we know that at least like for John Podesta, uh, uh, the Clinton, the former Clinton campaign uh, uh, campaign chair, he was hit with a Google uh, a, a, a phishing uh, email that, that looked like a Google, you know, account, um, you know, please log in and verify your, your, your Gmail. I mean, it hacked his Gmail account. So... I don't know. Th those two things don't really align with me, and I'm not. I'm not sort of suggesting any conspiracy theory. I just think it's interesting that they don't. That's not really like what FireEye said in its report is not the same. You know, tying to AP two APT twenty nine is not the same as what the DNC docs are using to tie to APT twenty nine. Well, uh, the only the only comment I would make about that is that um, uh, they do mention that metadata from yeah. the weaponized shortcut file payload um, which metadata is all about like where you know yeah. what time was a, a, a packet sent and, and where did it come from and to right um, so why didn't the DNC just say metadata in their filing we know the government knows what metadata is we do <laughs> <laughs> I um, don't know maybe I'm nitpicking I just again content to me seemed like a file or the actual body of the email but Maybe you're right. Well, the other thing is that some of these things might be subject to being uh, easily packaged in, into a form that you can bring into a court, and some of the things that are, um, some of the conclusions are drawn from from data that may or may not be um, uh, forensically evidence. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so there's that too. I mean, the other thing is, 
a lot of these things are, are becoming a lot of practices and, and, and techniques of, of threat actors are becoming more well known as we, yeah. as we learn more and as we uh, publish more and discover more and people write it, you know, do the research. So, um, so there is that, but, um, yeah, I think, I think that we've got a, a more or less constant deluge of, of attack from, from a lot of different actors, especially these high profile targets. So, yeah. yeah. Um, well, on that, on that note, two sort of questions before we wrap, uh, wrap up here. The first question is, let's assume they really were not successful. Um, if you had to bet one way or the other, do you think this was a situation where some users at, you know, on staff at the DNC got these emails from the State Department, you know, purported emails from a State Department official and said, this doesn't look right, and flagged them? Or do you think it's more likely that whatever third-party vendor, whether it's CrowdStrike still working for them on the networking side, you know, and, and protecting the environment, or another organization, um, you know, another another third-party vendor, they probably have multiple vendors at this point working with them, that um, that flagged it, that flagged the email, um, or somehow blocked the link, or, or something, caught something, um, despite the attempts made by, you know, the, the threat actors to sort of disguise the activity. Uh, what do you think is more likely? Give me the options again. <laughs> <laughs> more likely that a user flagged this, spotted it, and flagged it, or more likely that it was stopped by the threat detection? Uh, I'm going to go with threat detection because it seems like, and and I, I don't think this is necessarily a, an indicator of a, of a more or less sophisticated, uh, I should say, I don't think that the use of, Legitimate uh, Department of State um, Department of State documents um, as a decoy. I mean, if I wanted to use, if I wanted to to create something that looked like some, it came from the Department of State, I would just go and Google Department of State and the document that I wanted to find and get a copy of it because there's a lot of those things. That, you know, if it's a if it's a standard form, they probably just download the standard form rather than try to make their own. To me, that would be a and I'm I'm certainly not a sophisticated threat actor, um, but that's kind of what I would do. Um, but yeah, like a, a lot of phishing stuff is very very hard to, to differentiate. Um, and I think that if they're if if Russia is sort of aiming all of their cyber cannons at us, and by that I mean they're they're you know everybody that they can direct to attack us, they're directing. Which is probably not in. Uh, I don't know. I think that's plausible. Yeah. Um, in in that case, maybe there's people that used to be with AP twenty nine who are independent now, and they're just using the same techniques they used back, you know, a few years ago. Yeah. Um, I think that our. I mean, I I've I've actually I probably am gonna gonna kick myself for 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 saying this, but I I feel pretty comfortable with Gmail's. Uh, filtering i mean i've looked at some of the stuff and you know i look at my spam folder every once in a while just to see what's coming in yeah and they do a pretty good job of differentiating and i think if i was in, on the dnc or some other targeted enterprise or organization my my organization would probably be using whatever gmail does plus so that it's um 
even more obvious when something fishy comes through. Yeah. Uh, if they were using Gmail, they could have been using Outlook or something. Oh, other. yeah. I, w- I mean, I would hope they would be using something, yeah. you know, more uh, more secure than Gmail. Yeah, yeah. I, I, would, I would agree with you. I think it's probably, this was probably detected at the threat level, uh, or rather the threat detection side. Um, if we go back to the FireEye report from November, uh, it was published on November 19th. I think, you know, I may be reading into this too much, but I think, uh, FireEye said that it, it, it detected intrusion attempts uh, against multiple industries, you know, military, government, et cetera, et cetera, in this campaign. And that leads me to believe that, well, someone got those phishing emails and they worked on, on at least a few people and they were they that sort of led to the malware and, and, and there was an intrusion attempt after the email was clicked on. And it's probably what happened here with the DNC. Uh, again, it's it's speculation, but it's informed speculation, Peter. Um, so I, I would agree with you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Now, I know I, you're so used to, to us sort of taking opposing sides of things, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, last question for you. Um, regardless of why the attack was unsuccessful, is this good news for, I guess, the general sort of amorphous government election infosec posture? I mean, because this this would not have happened. I'll just make my case for it. This wouldn't have happened two, three, four years ago. I mean, it didn't. Like, those phishing emails were successful. Um, we don't know how many of them were unsuccessful, how many didn't go through, how many people didn't click on them. But we know that previous hacking attempts were successful. So is this is this good news that whoever, however, um, was behind this actually stopped it before it became uh, a full-blown breach, intrusion? That's a really good question. And I don't even know. Your, I mean, your cynic, I'm, your inner cynic wants to say no. I'm reading your face right now. I can tell. You want to say, like you have that look like you want to say, no, it's not good news, but you don't want to be impolite. It's not that I don't want to be impolite. <laughs> it's that I'm not sure that I, I, I honestly am ambivalent about the whole thing. Mm. I mean, on the one hand, and because there's so much that we don't know. Right. So, yeah, it, it seems like it could be good news. It's could, it, it could mean that we're starting to turn around our ability to detect and defend. Um, but again, I don't know. I, I, ju- I just, yeah. Sorry. I think it's good news. Okay. I can't believe I'm saying that. I can't believe that I'm the optimist here, but I, I do. I think I don't take what they filed as, look at us, look how we stopped this. Um, we're awesome. Um, and I don't think it, it should be read that way. I think they are using this as to illustrate the ongoing threat. And, okay, if there is one and, and that's going on, then, you know, good for them. They, they should. Um, but I think the fact that they put that in there and they're confident and their vendors are confident enough that they stopped the campaign before a major intrusion and a major breach um, speaks Volumes and I, look, they could have gone ahead and filed that without sort of the okay of um, 
you know, a, a CrowdStrike or a whoever working on their behalf who, who did incident response and checked us out and did forensics and made sure that there was nothing in the environment. But most likely, I, I have to believe, given all the eyeballs on, on them and the history, they probably probably checked themselves before they went ahead and, and said, you know, there's no evidence that this is that this was successful. So I think it's good news. I, I, I think, man, at least we're, we're learning something. At least, you know, um, would I have loved to have seen a line in there that said, uh, oh, uh, uh, two-factor two authentication, account protection prohibited, any account takeovers, and we're using Google, you know, uh, uh, master keys to prevent this type of phishing. I would, that would have been nice. I'm, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. I think it's good enough that we got something like that that says, hey, stop. There's more hacking attempts, but they weren't successful. And just, you know, for whatever reason, maybe we'll get details later on. I think that's pretty good news. Well, I know you're shocked. No, and, and, and this might shock some people, but I'm going to say it. You've convinced me, and I am changing my mind on that. Um, I think it is a good, a, a, I mean, a good. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. Well, I to mean, to change minds, win hearts and minds. On the internet, it doesn't happen that no, often. It never happens. Well, <laughs> watch next week. We'll be talking about something, and I'll be the, the back to the bitter cynic, and I'll just be, you know, yelling into the microphone and uh, back to my normal self. So, enjoy okay. a while, last Peter. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for taking the time to discuss the latest in the ongoing DNC hacking saga, Peter. I, I always appreciate your insight. Well, thanks for having me. And thank you to the readers and listeners of Search Security. I'm Rob Wright, and we will see you next time.